0: All right, welcome in. Uh, special edition Cube Show podcast here. Wanted to, since I'm in New Orleans, been hanging around these two teams the last couple of days, give you a little college football playoff preview. We'll have an, the actual episode come out tomorrow. We'll run through all the SEC Bowl games, and then we'll review what happens in the playoffs, specifically with Alabama. We'll get to that film, watch that, and give you our thoughts on it. All right, coming up today, uh, we'll start here in New Orleans with the Sugar Bowl. Later tonight, I'll be on the Megacast Sam Macho, Harry Douglas, Colt McCoy, ESPN2, presented by Pat McAfee. Check that out. It's going to be fun. We will have an absolute blast. And a couple of Longhorns are going to be on the call with us, so that should make it more interesting. All right, what needs to happen in this game? There's a couple of numbers that I have found recently that I found very interesting, and I'll start with this one. Michael Penix has 4,218 passing yards this season. 2,002 of those yards have come outside the numbers. What's the big thing that we've been hearing about with this Texas defense, right? It's Byron Murphy and Devontre Sweat, that defensive line. If they're impenetrable, you're not going to be able to move them. Even the Joe Moore award-winning Washington offensive line is not going to be able to move them. And I'll say this, Murphy and Sweat feel like they took that personal. They had a lot of things to say about that when we met with them at media day. Uh, the, the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, like uh, Roger Rosengarten spoke to him. Nate Kaleppo spoke to him. Uh, they, I think are a little tired of hearing about this Texas defensive line. By the way, I spoke to Nate Calepo, asked him about the food in new Orleans, how he liked it. And he said, uh, first day I went from three twenty-five to three thirty-seven. 37. So yeah, I would say that uh, I'm enjoying myself. Hopefully he backed off that got the conditioning underway and it's not going to be an issue, but listen, as a former 300 pounder, uh, it can, it can get on you in a hurry and it can stick. So, uh, I don't think it'll be an issue though. Either way those passing yards outside the numbers became important to me as I dove into this game because what has to happen then when Michael Penix and company are attacking outside? You might just say, well, it's a quick perimeter throw. It's just the quick screens. I don't think so. I think that's also down the field. You have two receivers on the in Jalen Polk and Roma Dunze who averaged 14.9 and 13.3 air yards per target. That's first and fourth in all of college football. So they're pushing the ball down the field to these guys. So now, if you're Texas, your safeties are going to have to be back and they're going to have to be out. Do you widen your linebackers a little bit more? Do you widen your defensive ends a little bit more? Does that open up the middle of the field for, say, a Jack West over at tight end when those things start taking place? Does that open up the run lanes a little bit more for Dylan Johnson to get going, which I think is very possible? So. I think just that alone, how they attack outside, and that's not just quickly to the outside that is a part of it because the screen game is an extension of the run game in Ryan Grubb's offense, and this offensive line does a great job getting to the perimeter. Expect this from Washington a full onslaught outside early. make those D tackles run, make them move, get them out of the box, try to wear them down because I think Washington thinks that they can score. I think they also believe Texas will be able to score, so if this could do to go track me. Washington's going to probably try to do the damage early that will impact Texas the most later in this game. Also, I think when we focus on one thing so much, it's usually the other side of that that actually ends up being what decides the game. So if it does come down to a average, above average Texas secondary against one of four teams in college football that has 2,000-yard receivers and the Washington Huskies and a Heisman finalist at quarterback in Michael Penix, if all that attention goes to that, then it probably comes down to how well that Joe Moore award-winning offensive line for the Huskies and Dylan Johnson can get the run going against a very physical front seven. Offensively for Texas, I think they move the ball. I don't. I don't think they'll have a ton of problem moving the football. I don't know if it's just going to be on the ground. It's going to have to be a lot of it that's on schedule from Sark. A lot of the movement, a lot of the motion, get them misaligned. I think Washington sits back and they try to let everything happen underneath. Uh, I don't know if they believe that CJ Baxter can just go take over this game, Uh, but I do look at some of the things for this Texas offense that have been effective. Play action has been huge. I think 49% of their drops are play action. It's something that's going to be massive. Uh, Xavier Worthy, what does his health situation look like? He told me he feels close to 100%. I have heard that that's not necessarily the case. So – can he be that big play receiver that he's been his entire career at Texas? Eight catches of over 40 yards. He's been that guy that can get you down the field. And keep in mind, in this matchup last year, he had a couple big drops down the field that may have could have swung this game in a different direction. Um, if this game goes to the fourth quarter, expect Quinn yours to be fantastic. 39 of 47, 566. 566. Five touchdowns, no interceptions in the fourth quarter this year. He has been dynamite late. Best QBR and completion percentage of any quarterback the last 20 years in the fourth quarter if those numbers were to stand. We'll see if it gets there and how it goes tonight. Um, So we know about everything that's going to take place there for Texas, for Washington, uh, What else did I see for Washington? Okay, Dylan Johnson, 3.8 yards after contact on runs outside the tackle box. So what does that tell me? I think – Washington, again, goes the perimeter not only in their passing game, but in the run game. I don't think this Texas linebacking core collectively, Jalen Ford is fantastic, but they're not extremely quick and fast to the perimeter. Another reason I think Washington tries to attack that, expect some nub tight end from Ryan Grubb, so just the tight end's the last man, there's nobody outside of him, maybe formations into the boundary, try to run it there and get that Texas defense misaligned. I think what happens in the alleys and outside of the alleys for the Washington offense probably decides this game. I mean, they've won 20 straight. I really do believe that there is that it factor with this Washington football team. There's something about them. I asked Kalen DeBoer about it. He referenced confidence, said we talk about confidence. We talk about how to generate confidence, why to have it, examples of having it in the offseason, during the season. He said we go out of our way to try to discuss confidence and how real it is and how important it is. So from that perspective, that's why I think that there's a little something different with this team. You can talk about eight one-score wins. You can talk about being in close games. It's the same thing with TCU last year, folks. I don't view that as a negative. I understand you say, oh, they're not blowing people out. It's competitive games. Great. Some teams have good players. Some teams are good. Some teams play better than you on certain days. This team has found a way to win those games. I respect that even more. I think that helps make Washington a better football player team. All right, now I do think there's an it factor with that Washington squad. I do think that there's just something to them. I don't know how to place my finger on that. I don't know exactly how to describe it and I know it's not overly analytical, but that's what make me like Washington in this game. And I think that when you look at the fact that they just know how to win, they're an older group, veteran group, care about each other, this is the way they play, how they handle their business, to me, I think that probably pushes Washington through to the championship game. But I think it's going to be a hell, a hell of a game. And the one other portion of this that I think plays in Texas's favor is that there have been moments of of ugly football for this Washington squad. You look at the penalties, 102 flags for 960 yards. That's egregious. Uh, it's last in the Pac-12. It's one of the worst in college football. 40% they've allowed to be um, uh, third downs converted defensively. Um, Texas is a pretty good third-down team on offense, so we'll see exactly how that plays out. Texas has the the number one third-down defense in the Big 12 as well. So I think it's going to be fascinating. There's a lot of different teams, that a lot of different ways that these two teams can find success on offense. The Texas defense, they've allowed five teams to pass for over 300 yards on in a game that's tied for third most in all of college football, but it just feels like there's something about this Washington football team. All right, let's go to the Rose Bowl. Alabama's been here before. Texas has been here recently. Um, there are a lot of these teams, a lot of parts of these teams that are similar. I do think Alabama's a little bit more athletic. I think Alabama has a little bit more juice in a lot of different places. So I look at this Alabama team having a quarterback that's dynamic as a runner, be it just leaving the pocket or when they design things for him to run the football. Tommy Reese has done a great job morphing that offense over the course of this season into being an offense that carries those kind of plays. They didn't early in the year. So I think Michigan not having really seen anything like that is a massive advantage for Alabama. Doesn't feel like there's really a takeover guy at wide receiver, though. Isaiah Bond, maybe. There's only one receiver in this Alabama football team, one player on this Alabama football team that has over 100 yards receiving in the game this year, and that's Jermaine Burton. He's had a couple big games. The A&M game was big. The Auburn game was big. But I don't view him as really a takeover guy. Could Amari Nyblack be a big piece to this puzzle with his speed and athleticism being moved around and maybe attention being lost his direction where he can create a couple of big plays? Um, I'll be interested to see Alabama trying to go right at this Michigan defense. They're stout stout through the middle uh, and they're pretty good off the edge. So I don't know if they'll be able to do some of the things they did to Georgia with that offensive line and just have success running the football that way. Um, I do think that this game will be slowed down. I think this game will be a little scoring. I will play the under if I were you. Uh, and I think that both offenses at times will be a little bit bogged down in this game in this matchup. So um, you go to the defenses and Michigan's offense in the last month or so of the season has had a bit of a tackle problem. Injuries, moving pieces around, different guys banged up and they've been able to get to the quarterback there. You can't live that way against Braswell and Turner. First down will be massive for the Michigan offense. If they don't win on first down and they're in second and third and longs consistently, it will be a long day for the Michigan offense. The other portion of this that I wonder is how creative can Michigan's offense be or get or become? What can they add in these two, three weeks leading up to this game? It's not who they are. It's not what they do. You're going to need Colson Loveland, A.J. Barner, Max Breedison, a tight end to help you in multiple ways, blocking, protecting, and catching the football, some of the intermediate stuff you may be able to have success with. But this is a team that only 3% of their plays have been RPOs. Uh, only 20% of their plays are play action. Uh, they only run the ball outside the tackles 26 per time of their run games, 15% of their throws at or behind the line of scrimmage. Once again, all those numbers in comparison to other football teams are extremely low there's not a lot of creativity in where michigan lives on offense who has given all who has given this alabama defense trouble you look at some of the things arkansas did some of the things that auburn did it's visual misdeception uh, misde- it's visual deception misdirection different things of that nature that steal your eyes that force you to be aligned incorrectly to force you to read the wrong things auburn did a great job of changing their reads during the course of that game which took linebackers out of position Now, can Michigan become some of that, add some of that? I don't really know. It hasn't been who they are. And when you watch that Georgia film and you see how Deontay Lawson is diagnosing things pre-snap, you feel like that's a group that's pretty dialed in. Are they as big and stout up the middle as they've been in the past? No, no. But this Michigan offensive line that's been a little bit beat up throughout the course of the year, they're not operating the way they have in the last few years either. I think that part negates itself, and this comes down to J.J. McCarthy. He needs a couple of design runs. He's going to have to hit some explosive plays. And this Alabama secondary has not given up a ton of them in the back half of the season. So I think it's going to be a matchup of who can create a couple of explosives at different points in time in this game and who takes care of their business as far as playing clean football. Michigan has done that, plus 17 in the turnovers, 38 flags for 342 yards on the season. Folks, that is asinine. I think that's third in college football. It's ridiculous. I think there's two service academies in front of them. It's just insane what they've done. Um, Margin of victory, 27.2 points per game, first. Margin in yards per game, over 140, first in college football. And that turnover margin, plus 17, second in college football, You know, this is a team that has five offensive turnovers all year, all season. They have 19 offensive penalties all year. They don't shoot themselves in the foot. They're not going to give Alabama this game. Alabama's got to take it. And to me, that comes down to the ultimate X factor with Jalen Milrow and him being able to create explosive plays and make things happen. If Alabama turns the ball over more than once in this game, I don't think they win it. I think it will be competitive. I think it will be close. But explosive capability, off the edge, At linebacker, in the secondary, at quarterback, somewhat at wide receiver, I think leans Alabama in this matchup. I think the wrong team's favored. I would take Alabama and I would take the over or the under, excuse me, in this game. That's just kind of the way that I think it's going to play out. Now, J.J. McCarthy, 25 and one's a starter. Listen, he's underrated nationally. The people that don't watch him a lot don't know how good he is. How much of the game is going to be given to him? How much is going to be on his plate? I think it's all fair questions and all things that we don't understand. Just because we haven't seen Michigan have to live that way. They haven't had to do that. If they turn to it, is that going to be enough? Can Roman Wilson go take this game over at wide receiver for Michigan? Not against that Bama secondary. I don't think so. It's going to be fun. It's going to be old slobber knocker style of a game. Um, you know, I think this is one that is, if you're an old school football fan like me, you're going to enjoy this game. There's going to be a lot of paint traded. Uh, There's going to be a lot of dented face masks, and it's going to be fun to watch. Both of these games, I think, are going to be exciting for two totally different reasons. We're going to get a track meet in New Orleans with six, maybe seven NFL pass catchers on the field at one time, and then you're going to get an old slobber knocker three yards in a cloud of dust ground and pound football game that will still give us some points in Michigan, Alabama, and the Rose Bowl. I'll take Washington through. I'll take Alabama through to the national championship game, and we'll be back to preview that tomorrow.